This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. My name is Dane, and I am with the aforementioned at Tim G311. Tim. The, the one and only, right? <laughs> the one and only at Tim G311. No, now that I think about it, I'm really fortunate. I used that Twitter handle and I got it that I wasn't taken already because yeah. I imagine if I tried to get it now, it probably wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah, you, you would have to go like, Tim G underscore three eleven. Something like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like an exclamation point or a dollar <laughs> symbol or something. Yeah, just to uh just to get the the at the the Tim, the G and the three eleven all in one one name. I'm trying to remember um, now if I did try to get just Tim three eleven or if I had if that was taken and I had to put the G. I don't remember. Or if I just automatically started with Tim G three eleven. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, like, why would you have to put the G? Yeah, know? I mean, why would you put the G? Yeah, well, it's a, it was eleven years ago, so <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> exactly how it went down, where uh, I got that Twitter handle, what decided, or how I decided to put the G in there or not. I don't know how long it's been since I've had my Twitter account. They usually let you know, like they put a notification saying it's your twitter anniversary do you want to post it or send a tweet out about it oh really <laughs> i never got that yeah. <laughs> or at least i didn't notice that but um yeah anyway i i wanted to start this this show off uh differently tim and that's why i asked you before we started recording if you had your phone on you um and i i just wanted to send you something uh okay just like two pictures um it's, it's it's something that uh has made me very happy over the last week i'd say and i just wanted to show you what's been going on tim are you ready oh, okay okay right, so, so i'm gonna send send it to you uh i mean this is great podcast All right, right. live <laughs> text sending <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm gonna send it and then um uh you're gonna see it there's one. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice Ninja Turtles t-shirt and a tote bag. Right? Yeah. 
And oh, there's a ticket in there. Oh, the mu- musical mutagen tour, July 23rd to 26, 26, 2020. Courtesy of Pizza Roof. <laughs> yeah, Pizza Roof. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. The their designs on the t-shirt aren't quite uh, coming out of their shells tour look, but <laughs> as great as yeah. that. <laughs> They're missing the denim, but they do got like some spiked. <laughs> Like belts and like bandoliers, all that. Stuff. Well, there was there. There's actually two suits that swag for the for the uh, out of their shells, right? Yeah, well, uh, that's funny. Did you but, get the second one? Not yet. Okay. Up. Oh, oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> there is the out of their shells. Right? You yeah. got him. You actually got him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Tim. There's just some things you, you have to do in this life. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> yes. that you just have to do, right? The uh, out of their shelves tour is awful. It's, I, I guess you could say it's it's capitalism at its worst. <laughs> <laughs> just like, let's just exploit everything out of this franchise, but. Um, but it's what brought me into the into Ninja Turtles plus the IDW comic, of course. Right. That, that's why you had to get this date. Um, so you, you yeah. said it, it made you happy for this week. It, it's making me happy right now that you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. I wanted to. I, I wanted to capture you, your reaction rather than just send you the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they, say what you want about the designs from the Out of the Shell store, but boy, they really captured their look. <laughs> <laughs> And these figures, man, look at look how that denim looks, man. It's so yeah. perfect. And it is actual denim. Yeah. <laughs> now, Dane, are you going to take these out and have them on display, or are you keeping them in the packaging? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to... Because I took my Leo out, my, my NECA movie Leo. Yeah, that looks awesome, oh. too. You sent me a picture of that yeah. earlier. I, I, um, I think I have to get that. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I don't know if you notice, but but if you look at the picture really close, the box is part of the presentation. It's the stage. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So like, I don't know if I want to take them out because you know. What if the, if there's a way like you could take like that part of the box out with them, or yeah, you could have yeah. them out on display. Yeah, like yeah. on the plastic, but have them standing in front of that background of the stage. <laughs> yeah, you see, so like I don't know, but. You know, I I've actually wanted this for so long now. Um, didn't initially get it because all of the bots on the the NECA and the Target website just bought them all out. Um, I thought they were going to do a, uh, one for uh, New York Comic Con whenever that is, or whenever that was uh, last year, uh, but they didn't end up doing a a second run of these. Um, so. Recently, after I got my Leo uh, NECA 90s movie figure, I decided I just wanted to get the, the musical mutagen tour slash out of their shells uh, <laughs> figure set. Because um, I, I guess if you have to point to one thing, one positive thing that came out of this pandemic that's still ongoing, by the way, is that, you know, Comic-Con... Uh, San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con got canceled, and NECA had to sell their their con exclusives mm. 
in the website. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody got a chance to to buy them. Uh, it's just unfortunate that I had to wait this long for for a good price on it. Um, I, I did pay one hundred and sixty dollars for everything. So uh, hey, I think it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it it it, it, it was originally one hundred and fifty, so I'm only paying ten dollars more. I didn't know it came with like the T-shirt and tote bag. It came with those, right? Yeah, if you bought it from uh, Target, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, so it comes with <laughs> the figures, all of their, all of their musical instruments. Uh, it comes with the tote bag. It comes with the T-shirt. It comes with the guitar picks. Uh, it comes with uh, uh, like the ticket, like a, a mock ticket, yeah. and backstage pass. <laughs> A backstage pass, I say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I don't know. I'd be pretty bummed about that backstage pass knowing it, it wasn't real and I couldn't use it. Yeah. I wonder if, like, I wonder what NECA's plan was. Like, like if you wore that, I wonder if, like, at, and if your Comic Con actually did happen, I wonder if you've got anything special. <laughs> See, Dane, now you got to put the, put the figures out on display, wear the t shirt, put the backstage pass on, hold the tote bag, just take a picture of yourself. Just full blown. Going out to the out of their shells tour, <laughs> like if it was really happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to. It, it, it's too bad the shirt doesn't fit me. Uh, <laughs> I could only find a large uh, shirt, <laughs> um, but or, or or a large package set, you know. So, uh, I. The, I have I have zero regrets buying this thing. How could you? <laughs> I, I know these are like the ugliest figure, uh, figures that uh, NECA has ever made, <laughs> but, but uh, yet they look so great too at the same they, time. <laughs> they look really, really, really good. Um, and I, I've wanted this for so long, and it, it it's just one thing that I just had to get, no matter what the price is. So. Yeah, I'm I'm totally happy with it. I have zero regrets, like I said. <laughs> oh man, that is awesome. I'm so glad that you got these. It's I mean, cementing the birth of your team TMNT fandom right there with these figures. I mean, the, <laughs> that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. Now. It's awesome. Yeah. So my life is sort of complete now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where do you go from here really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I just can't I I, I well I, I do want the 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 NECA Mirage figures. Um, yeah, those the, look awesome. Yeah, the original Mirage TMNT figures. Um, there's a ton, a ton on eBay that are just that that are knockoffs. That are Chinese knockoffs. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Do they uh, look they, pretty like decent, yeah, or just like right away you could tell like that? They look good but the color is off if you look at the original NECA image the color is off and some of them come with the the colored headbands the different colored headbands uh -huh. and i mean of course the NECA ones were just all red right they didn't release their different colors so yeah it's and, and the ones that act, that are actually legit are usually in a box set i mean like they come all four together they're usually around a thousand dollars, so that one's gonna have to wait. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the problem when you buy turtle stuff, where if they're kind of expensive and you want to get one turtle, but you're like, you gotta have all four turtles when you get. 
like start a collective rogue, it's hard just to have a few of them without the rest. But sometimes the price on it makes it difficult to get a complete collection. Although I, I you know, I I am kind of happy with my my Leo figure. You yeah, know, that looks really like, good. To to get the other three, but I know I I, yeah. I, probably, I think I'm gonna have to get that one too. With the Leo, one? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really nice. Um, they they really did a good job with uh, with the Leo one. Uh, swords are a little fragile. I I didn't expect that. So you took that one out and put it on display, right? Yeah, yeah, I have that one out. Um, yeah, it's just the swords are a little, uh, or the katanas are a little fragile. It's it's uh, not what I expected from from Neko, but mm. uh, yeah. Have you gotten much like Neko figures at all, or no? This no, is your first I one. I just had the Leo and the from Music of Mijin Door. Which is, which, by the way, and I know there's a lot of, you know, hardcore collectors out there. This is the the, the musical mutagen tour figures are the crown piece of my collection, and it's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and the only thing that I wanted. <laughs> and now it's yours. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did get a um, Praetorian Guard Black Series figure. Okay, yeah. cool. Which yeah. uh, which one? Uh, which one did I get? Hold on, I had to order it online because I couldn't find it. Uh, hold on a second. So, I take it that's why you sent me the text. What's the difference between the Praetorian Guard and the Imperial Guard or the yeah. Royal Guard? <laughs> uh, the one with that big scythe. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I mean, I wanted the one with that, that whip chain thing, but I, I couldn't find it. <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah. So, well, yeah, that was an awesome way to start the show. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's what I wanted to. Yeah. I'll show have to post you your reaction. Yeah, I'll have to post a picture of that on our Twitter handle of your yeah figures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna get a close up of because I was looking at the pictures yesterday and I gotta get I gotta get a close up of uh, one of their faces because the unlike the the nineties movie figures that NECA put out uh, uh, these ones the marvelous move yeah <laughs> um, they open and close well so. they gotta sing so <laughs> yeah. yeah I want to I want to take a, a close up of, of uh, one of the turtles' faces because it's uh, it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Why to give anyone nightmares? Yeah, let's take a big yeah. zoom picture of that. <laughs> but anyway, let's let's do our fellowship of the ring minimum event and commentary from this for for this episode. We're going from minute six to minute seven. Uh so just grab your, your DVD, grab your HD DVD, grab your VHS tape, grab your laser disc, grab your beta uh beta tape, uh grab your um uh, your projector uh at did I get them all, too? I'm pretty sure you did. But to be honest, I'm just in the middle of getting my Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings set up. So <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> I got a late start on setting it up. Uh, grab your uh, your Blockbuster rental card and go to Blockbuster and then come back. Yeah. <laughs> go all the way up to Oregon. 
Yeah, I mean, a Netflix uh, physical media uh, subscription um, and wait for that to come in and then come back here and then uh, grab your DVHS copy. And uh, finally, go the way that Peter Jackson wanted you to see this movie. Grab your VHS to DVD converted copy and um, get that one ready because that, that's the ultimate, 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 ultimate version. Mm-hmm. And Oh, might need yeah. a few of those tapes because we know you want the best quality on fast speed recording. It's not, it's usually just two hours is what a t- VHS tape holds. So you're going to need yeah. multiple ones. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just grab any of those, me- any of those uh, dead media formats. And uh, I'm going to give the countdown. So Tim, are you ready? I am set. Okay. Three, two, one, hit play. We get a nice shot over the Misty Mountains. Quite a long shot over the Misty Mountains. That <laughs> was a good 10 seconds. And now we get our first tease or glimpse of Gollum, who, again, going into the movie for the first time, I knew nothing about Gollum or the character of Gollum, what it was all about. But I did find his design very interesting and fascinating. Where, ooh, I hope we get to see more of this creature. Did they uh, change his design? I think a little bit, yeah. For yeah, two towers, when he obviously has yeah. a much more prominent role than what he does in Fellowship of the Ring. Because we do get another look at him later on, once we get to Moria, I mean, way later on. But I think I remember even Peter Jackson kind of talking about that, how they did change his design a bit for the two towers. And there goes the ring falling away. Yeah, almost a perfect spot to end the commentary on because it's a fade out to black (laughs) at the seven minute mark, and it will be a fresh start for the next episode. Still in this prologue, we've been in this prologue for a while now six episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, Tim, why don't you tell people about our featured topic for this episode? Yep, so our featured topic is pretty much going to be reviews and recaps of some of the movies, TV shows that have come out over the last few weeks or ended <laughs> um, since our previous episodes. And uh first one we're going to talk about is one that came out or uh, we just saw once we recorded our last episode. And Dane, you kind of mentioned it to me off air and I haven't seen it yet, but I now seen it. So I think it'd be kind of fun to talk about. And that is going to be the Mortal Kombat movie that released on HBO Max and in theaters. And I think for all intents and purposes, had a pretty successful opening um, in theaters. Obviously, theaters are still kind of limited and they're making their come comeback as far as more opening up. But it had a pretty solid opening weekend. So I think um, they're going to view it as a success. And I think a sequel is probably going to happen. But um, you, you were talking to me about it last or after we recorded last episode, Dave. And this, I was going to see it anyway, but then... Uh, you kind of made me want to check it out sooner rather than later because uh, you did say it was one of those movies where it was fun, but yet it's like, how do you think it was where it was, like, those, what was bad, it was good type thing to where you enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, I guess we could talk about some of our impressions of the Mortal Kombat movie, but just for me, going into it, I think the tra- trailers, it looked pretty cool, but I've never been a Mortal Kombat guy. I was always more into Street Fighter. 
especially in their heyday when they were first coming out back in the early 90s it was almost like that rivalry you, you couldn't like both you had to be team street fighter or team mortal Kombat, <laughs> but i was always team street fighter but by pretty much my first time i played a mortal Kombat game and got exposed to actually like the story a little in some of the characters um was probably the DC versus Mortal Kombat game back in 2008 because that was probably the first one I really dived into the gameplay mechanics of the series. But I always knew of the characters, of course, like the iconic ones, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Raiden, the ones that were like the face of the franchise when it first came out, but never really got into like the lore of the franchise or whatnot. So I kind of went into the movie pretty cold as far as not knowing what to expect and where the story goes. And I'll just say right off the bat, the opening of that movie it had me hooked right away i thought that opening was great where it was a flashback showing pretty much the origins of scorpion and his rivalry with sub-zero and how sub-zero murdered his family and his clan wanting to wipe them all out and that was really well done as far as the fight choreography the cinematography as how the action was directed and played out so fight choreography was really cool in there too so right off the bat i thought oh man this could be a pretty cool video games like martial arts movie with some cool looking design characters and with powers that we know we're going to eventually see with scorpion and sub-zero but unfortunately the rest of the movie didn't quite never measured up to that opening sequence and the highlights of the film really for me anyway were just sub-zero and scorpion and just kind of their rivalry and dynamic i wish the whole movie focused on that and wasn't kind of something where it just kicked off the movie and then you had to wait to the very end for their eventual rematch and showdown because that was a cool fight too i did li- really like that but the rest of the movie um was pretty mixed bag and you're accurate on certain aspects dane where it's like some of the <laughs> dialogue and acting for some of the characters is like it wasn't the best and it kind of fell into yeah. some like action movie tropes that I kind of hope certain movies and video game adaption movies kind of moved beyond, but it couldn't quite escape that, especially in the middle half where uh, the Earth Realm fighters are kind of being trained or prepared for the Mortal Kombat tournament. So um, general just overall thoughts where I thought it started out great and then the ending had a cool fight sequence, but everything in between, I just wasn't a huge fan of. But there were some fun moments in there, but overall, nothing... I can't see myself revisiting too much besides seeing the opening and the ending of it. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. I know nothing, next to nothing about uh, Mortal Kombat as a franchise. Um, I was, you know, honestly, like you, more of a Street Fighter fan. Didn't really care. I mean, I knew who, you know, Scorpion or and Sub Zero and Shang Tsung and Raiden were, but I just didn't really care for Mortal Kombat as much as I did Street Fighter. Um, but yeah, uh, I I kind of echo your sentiments. I, I really like that opening fight scene, but unfortunately, I had already seen it because they released it. Um, uh, see, I knew they. Yeah, I don't like it when they do that. To, I mean, that's obviously it's your choice if you want to watch it or not. I chose right. not to because I knew I was going to see it eventually. And like, I I could wait. I don't need to be sold on it or anything like that. But it's to me, it almost feels like it's a bad sign when you release the, your best part of the movie before it even comes out. 
So, um, well, one of two fight scenes that were really good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't know who this new guy was, um, Cole, like, yeah. I, I didn't, I had no idea who's, who his character was, um, didn't know who, uh, Jax was or, um, uh, oh, I forget the guy's name with the, the laser eye. Kano. Um, yeah, Kano. I was familiar with those characters just from, like I said, they were part of the DC versus Mortal Kombat games. So I was oh, familiar I with them. Yeah. And Sonya yeah. Blade, of course. She's one of the original ones. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so so like I had no idea. Um, so and, and I had never seen the the the, the first movie that they, either. that they put out. Yeah. Um, so my impression of Mortal Kombat was that it's this life or death tournament that takes place on the outworld, right? Yeah, and there's the winner, and then, you know, whatever else happens, happens, right? Yeah, it was like, so like where they won the yeah. nine of the last tournaments, and if they win right. one more, they'll take control of, like domain right. of yeah. Earth Realm too. So that's like the yeah. big stakes of the movie. Yeah, so like if you're gonna name Mar- your your movie Mortal Kombat, you should probably show the actual tournament. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's kind of like if you're like an MMA fighter, if you're a UFC fighter or whatever. It's kind of like getting in a fight before your actual title fight, mm-hmm. before you before you're actually in the ring or the octagon or whatever. Um, it's I don't know. It, it, it just didn't sit right with me. And yeah, it did like, felt like it was missing the actual tournament, which I was expecting going into it like i said the movie is called mortal Kombat, but it's kind of one of those things where it felt like they're thinking too far ahead where they know it's going to be a franchise film series so they can take their time and set up the tournament like if they're planning a trilogy maybe they're going to save it for the last one which i don't know would be the best idea but it did felt where like they probably should have got to it in this one i think there's easily stuff they could have left out to where we could have had the tournament be the final act of the film or how about this, Tim? Make the tournament the main thing of your story. <laughs> the main plot point of your story. And instead of like having like essentially street fights, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it kind of doesn't make sense, but you know, whatever. Uh, but, but like you mentioned before, the acting, particularly from, from the guy that played Cole and Sonia. Uh, the, the the actress that played Sonia is terrible. <laughs> I, I just could not get past it. It, it. it was so stiff, so bad. I I just had to laugh. Like every time they had like a serious line of like, "Oh no, he is coming to <laughs> attack us." It's like it doesn't. You, you, you got to try harder than that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, ah, I mean, I, I, I guess they are, are, are these actors stun men and stunt <laughs> women that, that like they, they had to get, or they, you know, sort of made a movie around. I don't think so. I mean, that's I, what it felt like. I'm that's not familiar with like. those actors at all. So yeah. I, I, I mean, 
I wouldn't think so, but I kind of know what you're mean. Where it kind of came off like that a little bit, where they yeah, look for just, like the yeah. yeah, like the choreo. They look more for the their fighting talents and capabilities more than the acting abilities. But again, I'm not too familiar with actors if they did have any acting experience prior to that. Yeah. But. Then again, I guess that's kind of the point, you know. I mean, you are making a Mortal Kombat movie. Who cares about the acting? As long as the is the uh, or the story, just as long as the fighting is cool. But besides the, like you said, that first fight between Scorpion and Sub Zero, and then the second fight towards the end when it's Scorpion versus Sub Zero again, I can't really point to any other fight scene that really stuck out to me. It, yeah. it wasn't in Raiden's Temple. It wasn't the fight between um, Cole and uh, Goro. Uh, Goro, yeah, Goro. Sorry, um, <laughs> it wasn't the fight between Sonya and um, Kano. So yeah, like I, I have like zero or uh, Liu Kang and his fire demon thing that that kills that robot guy. I I will say I did like. I forget his name, but the speedster who he was fighting. That made for some cool visuals with him trying to fight him with a super speed. But I actually did like where he used his uh, fatality of the drag, something like that drag fire dragon to take him out. That did look cool. Oh, so that is his fatality. I think one one variation of it, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I did like the one scene where um, Cole is out with his family. And um, I mean, it's, it's it's kind of like a why does he have a family? I mean, why is this a plot point? I mean, I guess it's just to like make you feel for the guy. Yeah, or something. it was like that's one of those things where you like don't necessarily need in a Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> um, but I did like the scene where they're all at that that diner or whatever, that outdoor diner, and uh, Sub Zero shows up, and then yeah. Jax comes and saves them, and then Sub Zero freezes uh, Jax's arms and breaks them off. Yeah, but, I mean, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, the way they handled Sub Zero and his ice powers is really great. I mean, he was, yeah. I don't think I think it's safe to say that he was a standout of the whole movie, which there was more of them. But yeah, that was a brutal way to, to get an explanation on why Jax needed his mechanical arms. And I will yeah. say, one, I'm not sure if this is part of the lore. I don't think it is, but I did kind of like how the idea of kind of being chosen to be part of the Mortal Kombat tournament once you get the dragon symbol. That is the logo for the Mortal Kombat series, like that 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 tattoo on you that kind of shows that you're part or going to be part of the tournament and chosen, and you have to awaken like your hidden power to where it is special moves for some of the characters. I did kind of like that as an explanation to why some of like these normal characters will have would have these fantastical powers and the yeah. reasoning behind that. So I did like that aspect of it, where it was something that they had to bring out as long as you were chosen to be part of the Mortal Kombat tournament. Yeah, it's it's more like a birthmark, like, like you're born with it, and then. Or at least Cole uh, was, because yeah, then Cole was. then they explain like Sonya, if you kill someone who has it, yeah. then it transfers over to you. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool aspect too. Like like you could kill somebody with the mark. Like Sonia kills Kano, and she gets the mark, right? Yeah, I thought mm -hmm. that was cool. Um. But yeah. Um. I I just kind of wish they made the Sub Zero Scorpion movie. <laughs> no, <Me too. laughs> you know, like, like let's just have one big movie where it's Sub Zero versus Scorpion. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that at all because I will yeah. say, uh, as, as I said, I wasn't never been a Mortal Kombat guy, but and after watching the movie, I did really love the stuff with Sub Zero and Scorpion, and I saw that 
the latest game, Mortal Kombat 11, was on sale on Xbox Live for like 30 bucks. And it had yeah. all the DLC characters. So I ended up getting it because it has some pretty cool DLC characters that I remember seeing them announced but kind of forgot about. But ones where you got like the Terminator, Robocop, uh, Spawn, uh, Rambo was in there, Joker, obviously. So I figured I'll check, I'll get this. It's, it'd probably be fun. I mean, it, it plays like Injustice, and I love the Injustice series, obviously. So the fighting mechanics I'd kind of be used to. So I got that last weekend. I've been playing it a little bit, and it's fun. I'm playing with all those different characters. I have to say, playing matches between the Terminator and Robocop is a lot of fun. <laughs> so <laughs> if anything, the movie did enough to make me make me buy the latest game. So <laughs> I guess it's a win on that front. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's. I guess that was part of the reason for this movie, you know, get get people to buy the game, the video game. Um, another bright spot, I'd say, is Kano, the the guy who played Kano. I thought he did a really good job, and was was like the only person with with any sort of. I don't know. Personality. <laughs> personality, right? It's like he actually brought something to the movie instead of just reciting lines, mm-hmm. like. Kind of like, you know, Cole does, where it's just like, oh, I just have to protect my family because the bad guys are coming. Okay. But like, Kino had like a different thing, right? You know, he, he, he was just along for the ride and was making jokes and stuff, and then he dies. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I have a feeling though, we get to see what a lot of those people who died are going to be coming back. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Especially Sub Zero. Sure. You know, they're not killing him off. In the first movie, yeah. <laughs> but but you know, to be fair, I could I could kind of tell from the from the tra- from the trailer, and then all of the, the the press that they were doing that this wasn't going to be a good movie. Um, because again, like it's based on a video game, right? But they 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 were going to like IGN and you know, all these other smaller. I mean, not these these quote unquote not mainstream sites and they were doing all their promotion through there and i was like okay so so like why why aren't they going to like hollywood reporter or something right i guess maybe they wanted to since it is a video game movie have more promotional stuff through video game websites and channels to really reach the core audience they're shooting for but at the same time if you want a movie really successful you got to capture the audience that isn't familiar with your franchise <laughs> to have it really be successful to get the casual audience invested in your story and characters So, but yeah at the same time it's like you said it's one of those things where going into it you're really just looking for like an hour two hours or hour and a half of just some cool action and seeing some cool powers and fighting abilities on display and i will say while it did have that and again maybe for diehard mortal kombat fans it had more of an impact on you because they did I keep hearing they did a lot of references to games and moves and like fatalities that were there. So maybe there was more to enjoy for the diehard Mortal Kombat fans. But uh, for me, for someone who really hasn't been invested in the series that much, the, the only real highlights were the beginning and the very endings. So and I, I still had, was entertained for the most part of the movie besides some eye rolling stuff and some stuff where I thought, especially in the middle where, okay, let's get pick up a little bit here. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say when, when they get to raid in this temple, it was you know I was like, okay, let's pick it up a little bit. Yeah, and you're kind of wondering like, okay, when are they gonna get to the tournament? It's like then once the 
outworld uh, fighters kind of invade the temple and you kind of see like you're past like the hour and 20 minute mark you're like hmm i don't think we're gonna get to the tournament here <laughs> because they're having this fight here and we know from the trailers you still got to get the sub-zero and scorpion fight and that's not going to leave any time to have a, a full-blown tournament so <laughs> you kind of started to feel early on that they're not going to go to the big setup that they're talking about throughout the whole movie which is the mortal Kombat tournament but and one last thing i'll say about it though going back to the opening and how much i loved it I it made me think I would love to see something like that in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, where especially if they're taking inspiration from the IDW comic series, where you go to eight to Japan with um, Hamato Yoshi and Oroku Saki, Splinter and Shredder before they became Splinter and Shredder, and just kind of focusing on their fallout and how their rivalry was built and. Forget just the prologue. I would just love a full-blown like TMNT prequel movie that's just about <laughs> Hamato Yoshi and Oroku Saki, especially if you've read the Secret History of the Foot Clan uh, special from the IDW comic series. Oh, that would be amazing. So I did like, we're seeing that opening scene made me think that how much that could work in a TMNT story or movie franchise if we ever get another one, which um, in live action, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. <laughs> but... I can dream and seeing that opening sequence made me think how I would love to see kind of something like that similar, but just with Splinter and Shredder as a Rokusaki and Amato Yoshi. That would be so cool. No, I was going to say like every, every movie that I see, every, I don't know, anything that I see that is set, uh, uh, set in ancient Japan with samurai it reminds me of the IDW turtles. Presumably. <laughs> I know exactly. It what always you're... does. Yeah. Like even as I was playing ghost of Tsushima recently, which I just beat like about a, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, yeah. but I was just thinking sometimes I was playing it. It'd be cool if this if I was like Hamato Yoshi right now. <laughs> and the game was centered on it. <laughs> that would be really cool. Or like you said, just imagine if ghost of uh, Tsushima was a secret TMNT game. Like at the end, you find it. It'd be cool where it's like they made a movie that was about Hamato Yoshi and Rokusaki. It's like a samurai type movie. And it's not advertised yeah. at all as like being part of the TMNT franchise or like a prequel to that. But only obviously the Turtles fans would know if they're using the same character's name. But like for anyone who would see it would have no idea it's connected to the Ninja Turtles. And you get like an after credit scene of like Hamato Yoshi waking up as a rat. And you see him with like a cage, like in a laboratory in a cage or something. And no one will know what is connected or why that post credit scene has anything to do with a samurai movie, but secretly it's setting the course for a new like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, Tim, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds too good. Too good, and that will never happen because if they want yeah. people to see it, they want the Ninja Turtles name brand on there, so <laughs> it's like they wouldn't be able to keep it a secret where it's like a surprise that it is connected to the Ninja Turtle at all, but I think that would be an awesome way to go about it. Yeah, I I, I guess it's kind of weird how the uh, IDW Turtles comic sort of changed how I see, you know, like the these movies that are set in ancient Japan and or in samurai movies. You know, it's just like I every time I see see a samurai, I see ancient Japan. I automatically think IDW uh, turtles. 
That becomes such a great story set in that time period with great yeah. characters. Like you just it's just begging to be told in a movie or something. Right, right. Yeah, so I guess if I had to rate Mortal Kombat as a movie, um, I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna give it a generous three because, like I said, I did really, really love the Scorpio Sub Zero stuff, and there was a few entertaining moments in between, but just not enough to elevate it any further than that. So I'll I'll be nice and give it a three out of five. Um. Oh, uh, one other thing. I like the guy with the with the scythe hat or that blade hat thing. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Kung Lao, I think his name is. Yeah. Kung Lao. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna give you. I'm not gonna be like you and give it the, the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. I'm gonna give it a one out of five. Uh, I just Can't thought the, <laughs> the two the two times we get to see Scorp- uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero fight was uh, really cool. Uh, some pretty cool little things here and there, but not enough to you know um, give it any more stars. You know, I'm just wondering how, like, the true hardcore uh, Mortal Kombat fans think of this movie. I don't know what they think of this movie. It's kind of been mixed, I think. I've seen some people or fans who really liked it and thought, oh, man, it's like a great kickoff point to a Mortal Kombat series. And then other hardcore fans who were disappointed with it. So, um, But I think it's pretty much been a mixed bag amongst the hardcore fans, at least the ones I've seen. Oh, I see. Yeah, so that's our take on the Mortal Kombat fans or movie from non-Mortal Kombat fans. <laughs> but um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if you've seen it, Dane, but that is going to be the latest Amazon superhero series, Invincible, um, which just had its season finale last week. Now, before I start, Dane, did you watch the series at all? No, I haven't. I, I heard it was really good. I just can't get around to it for some reason. I think it's because it's on Amazon. And I, I rarely go on that. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, okay, Disney Plus, let's let's do it. Let's watch um, South, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> um, let's watch, you know, uh, The Bad Batch. You know, let's watch The Mandalorian. Whereas, I don't know, Amazon Prime sort of gets forgotten sometimes, mm. you know. Yeah, and again... It's kind of hard when there's so many streaming services out there right. now. So can't blame anyone if there's some that they don't have or they kind of forgot about. <laughs> so definitely understandable. But um, I don't know if you're ever going to watch it, but I don't know if I'm going to try to keep uh, too many hardcore spoilers for what happens. But Yeah, um, I, I do plan on it. Okay. I do plan on it. But I mean, if, if you have to get to a spoiler to make your point, then by all means. So. Okay. I'll try to keep it mainly spoiler free, but um, so going into it, I mean, I'm not familiar with the comic at all. I never read it. I had heard of it. I remember when it was first coming out, I would see covers and images of the title character Invincible. So when it was announced, I knew of the look of the character and of the series, but I never actually read it. So I was kind of going into it just like the Mortal Kombat movie (laughs) and just open minded and not knowing what to expect or having any expectations of how it should be or how it shouldn't be or anything like that. And I just heard great things about it going into it. I know it had a lot of buzz around the first uh, few episodes. I didn't watch it right away when it premiered. I kind of waited like a week or a few, several weeks. But I just watched, finished it last week when it had the finale, but I started like maybe two weeks before that. So um, right off the bat, the first few episodes, it was something where I felt maybe this was a little overhyped where 
to me, it kind of felt in the maybe it was like the first half, the first four episodes where I did enjoy it. I think it was there was some good stuff there, but I didn't really feel it was doing anything entirely new in the superhero genre to set it apart from some of the many other comic book and superhero stories that we've gotten. And one thing that I'm kind of getting a little tired of is that trope of non DC or Marvel comic book characters just doing their own version of the justice league. It's like every time there's like this own new universe created with these new heroes, you've got to have their version of the justice league. They're Superman, they're wonder woman, they're Batman, they're flash, they're green lantern, they're Aquaman. <laughs> it's like, you see it with the boys and I think it works well for that type of story they're telling. Cause it's so different and you kind of get it here in invincible where they have their own team um, called guardians of the globe and they're, they're pretty much the justice league. But the thrux of the series, if it's how it begins, is um, this. I won't say the spoiler, but the events that happen, like they get they get killed. And but I won't say what's behind their murder for you, Dead Dane. But that was like a big surprise that I remember seeing the reactions on the first episode of people being, wow, I I can't believe that happened. But um, the course of the series is kind of set around um, their mystery of in universe mystery of who. Uh, killed him and that sparks off uh, the journey some of these characters take but in regards to the main character and that's like my biggest gripe of the first half of the season where I just didn't think it had its own it wasn't telling its own unique story enough I thought um, to where it's going to set itself apart from other superhero stories but like the animation and the action is really great and it is a brutal series (laughs) they don't hold back on uh, the blood and gore and some of the events and the destructions that happen during these superhero fights and these superhero battles they really go for it it's some of it is pretty cool to see it's like superhero action you don't see too much in animation so that was all there from the beginning um but it wasn't until the second half the fifth episode where i really thought okay i'm really getting into the story now and what they're doing and just how invincible as a character um his name is mark grayson and where i really like where the story went is his relationship with his father Nolan Grayson, who's the superhero Omni-Man, who is pretty much um, the Superman <laughs> of this story. And just how the different takes uh, and what they do with here. Because I like the father-son dynamic of the father waiting for his son to get superpowers so he can train him at to be a superhero. And that is the kind of core of their relationship in the first half of the season. But then you start to get the uh, revelations about Omni-Man and his home planet and what their true purpose is. And it um, obviously is going to cause some different changes of ideals and goals between uh, Mark Grayson and his uh, father, Nolan Grayson, as uh, they're training, and which could cause a rift. And that's all I'll say about that. But once that thrux of the story really gets going in the second half, it's really great. And it goes into what is a pretty brutal but incredible finale for what was set up. Um, in the episodes leading up to it. It was just a great way to end the season from what they build on and to where their relationship goes as father and son um, over the course of this first season. It it was really great stuff, and that's what kind of got me sold on that this is a really good series (laughs) with some great superhero action mixed in with it. But there's some other stuff that um, you're seeing seeing Nolan training to uh, as far as gaining his experience as a superhero. He teams up with his teenage superhero teams, um, it makes some friends. Uh, the character Adam Eve, uh, who at first I thought she was kind of like a Green Lantern character because she can make 
constructs out of anything, but she can she her power is a little more advanced than just having a Green Lantern ring where she can create matter and materials out of nothing and thin, thin air. <laughs> so she has some pretty cool powers and seeing her team up with uh, Invincible made for some cool scenes. And just seeing Invincible deal with balancing, you know, school, family, work with the superhero lives, the stuff we've seen before. Another superhero story is a little Spider-Man-esque in certain things, which being invincible keeps him from being with his girlfriend and doing some social stuff. So um, nothing really new there, but still made for some entertaining character moments still. But um, yeah, so um, without going into too much spoilers, I would definitely recommend watching it, Dana. And if you're not getting into it in the first few episodes, I will say stick with it. I think the real turning point is in episode five. Um, That's just a great episode where... Not only things in the story kind of take a turn to where um, it makes you feel like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what gets resolved after this. But it was just a good episode that paralleled between two characters, Invincible as a hero. And then another character, I'm forgetting his name, but he was someone who like his body could turn into like hard rock. And this is almost uh, like the super strength that can't be penetrated. He works as a mercenary who is kind of set up as a villain, but yet he's someone who's only doing this because he has to and he's trying to provide for his family and you see the contrast between him and invincible that made for um an eventual team up for them that was pretty cool and to see play out so that episode five was the turning point then everything after that especially episode seven and eight really great stuff um to wrap up the season so um i really enjoyed it even though i thought it follows some pretty familiar superhero tropes early on that i wasn't a huge fan of but um, as a complete package, I think it's a very solid new superhero show that I'm looking forward to seeing more of once we get season two and three that um, were just announced not too long ago. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a four out of five just for great animation, great action. And then the character is definitely um, coming into their own by the end of the season for some really um, interesting dynamics that we got to see between the main characters especially of invincible and his father omni man so yeah i would definitely recommend checking it out yeah that's what i I was kind of afraid of um with uh this show is that it's going to take a few episodes to get into and you you really gotta like stick with it to get to the good part like, the good thing I, is, I it's only eight episodes, so <laughs> it's okay. not too long. You're going to have to wait. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. Definitely. Yeah. So, and again, it's one of those things where, like, the first half of the episode, it's not like they're bad. It's just because there's entertaining stuff in there, and you go, like, it's pretty interesting, but it just it doesn't immediately grab you. Like, I, I didn't sink my teeth into it just quite yet, where I didn't think like everyone was talking about how great it was early and I just didn't feel that right away, but was still liked it enough to stick with it. So eventually it really got me hooked. I was like, okay, this is kind of what everyone's talking about here. So it might not be like that for you. Maybe you will <laughs> get hooked on it right away, but we'll see. But definitely I think how it's long, worth watching. How long are the uh, episodes? About like 40, 40 to 50 minutes, something like that. Uh, I say on an average, probably yeah. 45. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, mean, I guess I'll give it a try. What's the harm? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Invincible. And then the other big series we got that just launched this week as we're recording this episode on May the 4th is the latest Star Wars animated series, The Bad Batch. And again, before 
get into this one. Dane, did you watch the premiere yet? Yes, I did. I watched the first two episodes. Um, couldn't wait for this show. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm caught up with this one. Cool. But I, I'd really, really like to hear your opinion on it. <laughs> well, this might shock you, Dane, but oh. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> oh, Oh, Tim, you got me scared there because, you know, I, I remember I still, I still have flashbacks every time of you and the, the first time you saw The Last Jedi. Yep. Oh, I'll so never forget that either. Every single time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that you uh, that you loved it because so did I. Yeah, because I was really excited going into it. And I kind of felt like I might have been one of the few who was really excited about it among Star Wars fans because a lot of... Fans I see online were saying, why would you make a series focus on really? the bad badge? Like, this is not, I was oh hoping what the God. next series would be. But for me, being a huge fan of the Clone Troopers and the story that we got to see of them in the Clone Wars especially, I was excited to get more stories centered on, on the clones. And I liked the episodes that we got in Season 7 that focused on the bad badge, um, which now serves as a great introduction for the characters and a segue into their own series. And But what really got me excited about it was the time period and the setting of where the series was going to take place and how it was going to be right after episode three and just seeing the transition of the clone troopers and how they're going to be in the Empire and knowing that there were going to be some clones who wouldn't go along with that. That was the Bad Batch, just seeing how they react to all the changes and just how the Republic is turning into the evil Empire. And how this group of soldiers wasn't going to go along with it. And that immediately had me excited for the series. And then I saw the trailer and saw how amazing it looked. How it's pretty much just continuing the great Clone Wars animation style. And I just couldn't wait to see it. And then when I saw the premiere, even with my high expectations, it completely blew me away. I couldn't believe how great it was. It was fantastic. Everything I was hoping for and more with its story, showing the clones... Um, reacting, or in this case, the Bad Batch not reacting to Order 66 and how they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then that transition of how the Empire was going to use the clones and how the Bad Batch wasn't going to be a part of it and some of the dirty, evil things that the Empire immediately was trying to make them do. So, yeah, I was just completely sold on everything about it. It looked beautiful. The action was great. It was just the complete package for me as a fan of the clone troopers and of obviously clone wars and that animation style. It just keeps getting better and better. I didn't think the animation could get any better than season seven of the clone wars, but the bad batch immediately proved me wrong. That opening sequence, it was just amazing. So yeah, I loved every bit of the bad batch premiere. Yeah. I really like the CGI. What, what it seems like they really, really updated it, but they kept that classic look. Clone Wars look to it. Um, I I just love the story how like Order sixty six happens. So so I I going into this knew nothing about you know when this was going to take place, you know um, any, anything like that. And I mean I, I didn't expect Order sixty six to happen that fast. I mean, it oh, happened yeah. <laughs> in the first five minutes of the show. And then um, I, I forget her name, but the the the, the Jedi Master is mm. you know uh, trying to fight off the yeah. Depa Balaba uh, is her name. Depa, 
yeah, she's trying to like fight fight off the um uh, the, the the clone troopers that are attacking her, and um yeah, I I just love the story and like how, how they go back. And, the, and the you know who her Padawan was, right? Is this, uh, I forget his name. I'm I'm sorry. Well, uh, his name was Caleb Doom, but is ends up becoming Kanan from Star Wars Rebels. So it was just awesome that we got to see Kanan as a Jedi Padawan here in the Clone Wars and see him go through Order sixty six. Which so I I never I did not know that. <laughs> which causes some which caused some controversy because uh, we had the Kanan comic series a couple of years ago when Rebels was um, on the air and that story told uh, Order 66 from Kanan and his master and there was a little bit of changes <laughs> that happened in the series because the Bad Batch was not involved at all in the comic series. So going into the whole what's canon, what's not canon, retconning, all that stuff caused some debate among Star Wars fans. But to me, it's not really a too big of a deal because the events and that happened doesn't change. It's just some of the characters involved change in the circumstances, but it was on the same planet. He was with the same master. He still ran away. He's trying to escape from the clones like he did in the comics. Just certain circumstances change from the series, but I just loved what they did with the series as far as incorporating Kanan as a Jedi Padawan and seeing more of him. I thought was just a really great touch. Again, kind of having that connection to one Star Wars animated series to another. So I thought it was great that they used them. Yeah, because I, well, first of First off, I'm not going to get lost in the weeds on the canon and what's canon, what's not canon. Is that canon? I don't know if that's canon. We have to uh, make our own canon in our head canon, and um, it's different from your head canon. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's not worth it to think about. <laughs> I do do not care. I don't care. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like because because when I first heard his his voice. I thought his voice didn't match because it sounds like a man, <laughs> you know, and a he, he looks like a little kid, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, um, that, that makes sense. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just loving the story. Like, like they, they, they go back and then the, um, the, are, are they called Geonosians? Yeah. Uh, I think you mean uh, on, t- on Camino. Yeah. Cam- oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, uh, is it is it Kevin Owens is how they were Kevin Owens? Yeah, right. I, I I like how they're trying to prove that the clone troopers are are trying to are are, are better than yeah you know, a regular you know, conscription army. You know, Tarkin really made me bad in this episode. <laughs> um, and they they sort of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you call like genetically engineer a uh, or a crosshair to sort of like make him more evil. And I I thought he was just going to be like part of the group. Me too. Yeah, bad guy. Um, that was such like a great twist. I I saw a lot of people knew that from really dissecting the trailers. Um, yeah. People would say, "Oh, we didn't see him with the other groups," and I would maybe I just wasn't paying attention enough, but I didn't really pick on that. So once. Right. I saw that he like was going to be against the group. I thought, oh, is it just going to be for this episode and he'll get knocked out and they'll take him aboard the ship and remove his chip or whatever. But no, they're setting him up to be maybe the main antagonist of the entire season. So that 
took me by surprise, but it was so well done too that I was like, oh man, I I really like the direction they're taking uh, with these characters in the Bad Batch as a squad. Yeah. Um, also, didn't expect to see uh, Saw Saw Guerrero. Um, I don't know if that was part of like the trailer. He wasn't the, the trailer, yeah. but oh, he was yeah. okay. Um, didn't expect to see him. Um, I, I think he's a great character, even though we only see him briefly in Rogue One, and he uh, and and Solo, and you know, in Rogue One, he well, he wasn't he in Solo. Has some, <laughs> I thought I thought he was in Solo. Yeah. Oh my bad. I, I, I guess I'm misremembering, but um, yeah, I, I want to see some more of Saul Guerrero because I mean, essentially. In Rogue One, we see him. He has like some sort of terminal illness, or he's addicted to something, and then he dies. Right. So, yeah, I want to see more of Saul Guerrero. Really like the second, uh, the second episode where we really see the effects of the Republic turning into the yeah. Empire. Right. The the sort of day to how it affects day to day life of you know civilians, regular people, where it's like. Now you need this special chain identification thing and they have to try to get the chain identification, uh, the chain numbers or whatever. And I, I thought, I can't remember who says it. I think it's, it, it was either Echo or Tech, you know, that, that says like the clones wanted names and the mm. people now want numbers. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I, I just thought it was great to see how like, it's it, it it's gonna get oppressive and it's gonna like, it's gonna be really bad for the for regular people like that they're they're already blocking the 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 the, uh, the ship bays and the dock the ship docks and stuff and they're you need this new form of identi- identification and now your credits aren't good because you know you have to convert them into empirical credits or whatever the empire credit. <laughs> Uh, because you know the republic credits don't really count anymore and uh if you are on the run from the 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 empire or you're an enemy of the empire you really have to be careful (laughs) because this is going to be really bad for you uh so i actually like the second episode better than the first episode i thought that first episode was a little too talky (laughs) (laughs) um i you know, I think it was like an hour and 10 minutes or something. It was like an hour. Yeah. About an hour, and 15 minutes. Something uh, like that, yeah. yeah. And then, you, you know, I mean, a big chunk of that is them running through a training program for Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I actually like the, the second episode better because it shows like what happens, uh, what happened after, you know, like, oh, okay. So like the Jedi betrayed, quote unquote, betrayed the emperor. And now there's this empire and there's going to be like these systematic changes in our government that it's, it's, it's going to be really bad, you know? So I, I, I really like the second episode. Yeah. It was a great continuation of picking up off the great premiere, I thought. And man, it just sucks to see that, like you said, the transition from the Republic to the empire, how it's affecting the galaxy and just how the clone troopers are, slowly turning into those like just stormtroopers ever since the order 66 got executed in their inhibitor chips and just them becoming more or less like 
mindless drones sad to say i just hate seeing the clone troopers like that and again to me it just adds to their tragic story of them being just bred for war but then developing their own personalities through their jedi generals and just seeing the brotherhood that these clone troopers had and just seeing how it's gone now once order 66 um was triggered in them it just sucks to see that i hated seeing them the way they were used in the second episode because i mean I don't hate it because I don't like the story aspect. It's just a, it's great showing that transition. I just hate the idea of clone troopers uh, being now like this. Uh, it just pains me. But the episode, like this whole series so far, is just off to a fantastic start. And I just cannot wait to see where the future stories we're going to see in the series and with these characters of the Bad Batch and just exploring more of this galaxy of the galaxy now in this time period where things are just so much in flux and change with the empire coming into power and just seeing how different people respond and react to it. It's, it's going to be great. And I think it's off to an amazing start so far. So yeah, I love it. Shocker. I know, but <laughs> I think this is, we're already in for like the next great star Wars animated series. Uh, it's just off to an amazing start. I couldn't be happier with the first two episodes. And you know, maybe it's because I'm not, you know, a diehard star Wars fan like you are, or, uh, y- your friends are or whatever but like i really enjoy these it's not about the jedi and it's not about saving the universe sort of thing sort of stories in the star wars universe um you know it's kind of like a smaller story that has nothing to do with anything kind of has something to do with the order 66 but not really so i don't know i i, I really like these smaller stories that have nothing to do with you know the skywalkers or has some like big uh canon sort of change mm-hmm. or a connection you know at least so, not yet but i don't know they're keeping yeah. something as a secret and surprise with the character omega and what her purpose is as far as what she was created for and there's some crazy speculative uh, speculative theories going out <laughs> right there right now <laughs> about maybe what her purpose is. So we'll see how uh, long they keep that a secret. Yeah, it's probably probably been said before uh, by or I'm sure you've probably seen it, Tim. But I think uh, the Kaminoans were trying to engineer a Jedi. I, uh, that's kind of where I'm leaning to towards as yeah. well. Where maybe this is she might be the first like force sensitive clone, or like a test to see if they can create a force sensitive clone, and yeah. she just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> but I'm sure a lot of other people have already said a lot about that, mm-hmm. or no, no better than I do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still can't believe that people don't like this the show. Or people were like hesitant or people don't like yeah. it because it changes the yada 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 with the yada 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 for mm-hmm. the yada yada yada, you know. So yeah, I don't You know, yeah, you know, especially with Star Wars, a new project series movie whatever, it's not gonna please please everybody, so that's a given. But just sometimes when you see some of the reasoning why people have that they don't like it, this kinda makes you scratch your head a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the, the the color blue in the show. I don't like how they use the color blue, Tim. <laughs> well, you're actually not too far off of a complaint, Dane, because I heard have seen some complaints that they changed Kanan's master, Deathbell Lava's lightsaber, from the comic green to blue in the series, and that didn't sit well yeah. with some fans. So. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> that's that's all right. 
Are are and I I wanted to ask you this, Tim. Are all Twi'leks French? They do. Yeah, that is their native accent that they have, like on their home planet. So when you do come across some Twi'leks, that is going to be like their native voice style, and it's pretty cool in uh, in Rebels. The main character Hera, um, her voice is pretty pretty standard. It's like basic English, but there was a cool moment where she like has a conversation with her father. Um, where like they're kind of going at it, and she just like slips into her natural like twee like accent, and she puts on like that French uh, sounding voice, just very like naturally. Just because in like the heat of the argument she's having with the father, she just goes into like her native twee like twee like accent. It's really cool how they slip that in there, where they know that that is how a twee like should sound, but just because she's been mostly spending her time with other characters who just sound like basic English, her accent went to that but yet it still slips into her native sounding voice so but that was a cool touch in rebels but yeah once you see most we likes are going to have like that french sounding accent uh, oh that's pretty cool like like so she she has she, she's putting on that accent um but then her her base is or what she her her how do you say it her regular accent is the french accent yeah mm-hmm. yeah and she she's trying to sound like everybody else, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. That that's that's pretty cool. Um, also had another question. Um, oh, so 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 Grand Moff is higher than an admiral, then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so like Grand Moff is like a like a. Uh, I, 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 I think we've had this discussion before. So, Grand, I mean, Admiral is sort of like the manager of a Wendy's, right? <laughs> okay. Like the store manager of a Wendy's, right? Uh-huh. And a Grand Moff is sort of like the regional manager, right? Uh-huh. From corporate, right? Uh-huh, yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, we're, if we're using fast food um, hierarchy. And why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's like because uh, Tarkin is an admiral in this show, right? He's not a Grand Mafia. He's um, still trying to like work up, work his way up. I believe so. I forget if they refer to him as any ranking in the series. Did they call him Admiral? See, now I can't remember. Thought I heard Admiral. Another but, reason to yeah. watch it again, I'll, just to hear if they <laughs> if they refer to Tarkin as. But, yeah, but I'll do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not a Grand Mafia though at this point. Yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, yeah, so so for me, it's it's gonna be a four and a half out of five. Uh, I yeah. really like this. I really like this show. I and I, I like how it's a little darker too. Uh, yeah, they don't shy away weird. from. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of weird how Disney does this sort of thing where it's like it's, it's so unique. It's not like the Star Wars where every, everything has to be happy, and bright, and you know. <sighs> Yeah, the, especially Correct. in that, those first, like when you're on planets like Camino and then the dark jungles of Onderon, <laughs> like not too much bright and like sunshine moments going around, <laughs> in, in, right. both in the environment and in the story. Yeah, so but, uh, four and a half out of five for me. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give it a five out of five. I absolutely loved the premiere. I thought it was <laughs> almost flawless, really, for what I was hoping for the series would be, and I just couldn't get enough of it. I'm, 
saw seen it a few times now and just been thinking about it and just can't wait for more so yeah this series is off to a fantastic start so glad we got quite a few weeks to see more of the bad batch because it's believe it has a 16 episode count and i'm not the only thing is i'm not sure if the first few episodes count as three and so we really only have 13 <laughs> but um regardless we're still in for a good long run of this new star wars animated series i can couldn't be more excited about it yeah so oh i see because the first episode was like 70 something minutes right mm, an hour yeah. and 10 minutes or something uh, I see. So it's gonna be three. I hope they don't do that. That's just cheating. Yeah, it's kind of like sounding yeah, like you have more, cheap. but in reality, it's yeah. kind of it's less. Um, but yeah, that, that's our future topic for this episode. A lot of good shows and a cheesy movie to yeah. <laughs> a uh, lot of stuff to keep you entertained. That's for sure. Keep you entertained, right? Right. Um, now we can move on to our news and discussion topics. And um, Tim, you know what? I'm going to go with the second one first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the, the, there is going to be a Green Lantern HBO series, HBO Max series, and um, there has been an actor chosen to play Guy Gardner. So you used the right yeah. word there, chosen, just like being chosen by the yeah. ring. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Tim, go ahead. Yes. I mean, just right off the bat, I can't say how good it, great it is to get some live-action Green Lantern casting news over a decade since we hit the movie. <laughs> and just how disappointing that what's that movie flopped and the live-action Green Lantern wasn't on the table. But it's a decade now. I don't know. Green Lantern series is coming, and we're getting some casting news. So that in itself is just great. But uh, the actor Finn Wittrock has been cast... As this is an official description on the DC website, as the rough and tumble role of Guy Gardner. And he is a hulking mask of masculinity and has rendered in the comics an embodiment of 1980s hyper patriotism. But yet, Guy is somehow likable. So that sounds like Guy Gardner to a T in that description. But I'm not too familiar with Finn, with Finn Wittrock as an actor. I haven't really seen him in anything. But looking at some photos of him, he doesn't seem like the type of person I would picture as Guy Gardner. He seems to more have like that pretty boy type face or even on the DC official website, it said he was like someone who was rumored for more of a Nightwing type role, which I could see more than Guy Gardner. But again, I'm not going to judge any casting announcement until I see it. And I'm sure uh, they had the reasons for picking him to display the qualities in that description that make Guy Gardner Guy Gardner. So I'm excited to see what he does with it. But just the fact that the series is moving forward. We're getting casting, and I can't wait to get the other news uh, regarding more casting announcements regarding the Green Lantern series. And I just cannot wait to see this come to fruition because in the announcement of this casting, they had more of the description. And I might just be forgetting, and I apologize if I do, and if I said this before, maybe I don't know why I don't remember, but what I really liked in the description of the series is how this show, we knew there's going to be multiple lanterns. It was announced as going to be Alan Scott, Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. And when I first heard that, I was thinking, hmm, that sounds like a lot of Earth Lanterns to throw in one series. But when I saw this press release, um, it said how it's going to be a series that spans multiple decades where we're going to see Alan Scott in 1941 and then 1980s with Guy Gardner and then see other Lanterns, I'm sure, Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz in more of a contemporary 
uh, time period. And that has me real excited. Again, maybe they announced this earlier and I just forgot. But when I read that in this press release, it just got me even more excited about the series, how it's going to be a Green Lantern show spanning multiple decades with different lanterns in different eras. And so it doesn't feel like it's this series with too many lanterns and staring one space at the same time. But yet they're going to be in different time periods. And I think that's going to be really cool and probably going to have this one overarching story thread that's going to span the course of all those decades. And that has me real excited. So um, give me the series now. <laughs> I mean, I've been waiting, like I said, over a decade now for more live action Green Lantern content. Got little snippets here and there in Justice League, both the theatrical and uh, Zack Snyder cut. But what we'd been waiting for a full-blown Green Lantern story in live action. And this one's sounding like it's going to be really cool. So I cannot wait for this. It's still probably going to be a while. I don't think they've set a concrete premiere date. I'm guessing at the earliest, uh, late 2022, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's 2023. So, um, But I'll be following very closely to all the announcements, production updates regarding the Green Lantern HBO Max series. I cannot wait. Yeah, I think I saw that it's going to come out in 2043. <laughs> um, why, why not just make it for the know. year 2184, just like the Sector of Earth? <laughs> why not just wait till then, where we're all dead and gone? <laughs> I mean... I hope this happens, Tim. Um, I guess you know it's it's on HBO HBO Max, so it's kind of kind of a lock, you know. Yeah, they say it's uh, going to have like a really nice budget, to where it's going to be the highest produced like superhero TV show ever, which gives me some confidence really? that at least it'll look really good. That a Green Lantern series needs to have some really good visuals. I don't know that that could blow up in their face because like if it costs a lot of money. Doesn't comes out, doesn't do so well. It's gonna, get, it's gonna get canceled after yeah, one don't season. Jinx right? already, Dave, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting how they're gonna, they're, they're gonna sort of do it like an anthology show, right? Where it's, it's yeah, like each season is gonna be like a different Green Lantern, or a, I don't think not even each season, but probably each episode, maybe each episode. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. So. Uh, I hope it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening, Dane. It's happening. <laughs> cross your fingers, cross your toes. <laughs> uh, cross my Green Lantern rings that I have. <laughs> um, yeah, second piece of news is that there's going to be a new DC Fandome, Fandome uh, 2021 uh, because, you know, the, the aforementioned pandemic, Tim. Uh, so it's going to be uh, October 16th. Yep. And the last one was so successful that they almost had to do another one. So I'm glad for that. I, I love how they did the first one. I think the next one could be even better. And who knows? Maybe we'll get some more Green Lantern series details at the DC Fandom because that's what's going to be cool about. There should be some pretty big reveals in this year's because the Flash movie is filming right now. So we could get a teaser for that. I think we're definitely going to get. Um, Maybe our second, maybe our third, I'm not sure, but we'll definitely get a new look at the Batman and brand new trailer for that. I mean, I think that's probably going to be the biggest showcase of DC fandom was getting our new look at the Batman because it's on October 16th. That's pretty close to its original intended release date. Cause I remember it was supposed to come out in October 2021 and it'll just be a few months away from its March release date for 2022. So um, expect a big presence for the Batman there. And who knows, maybe some, Stuff with Black Adams filming now, Shazam, the sequel is going to start filming soon. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff 
on the DC movie front to be excited about as far as getting first looks, I think, at DC fandom because um, the one last year didn't disappoint with first looks and trailers. So I think it'll be more of the same with this one. So, yeah, I'm excited. I already got my calendar marked for October 16th. Should be another fun DC-themed weekend just like last year's was. Yeah, and uh, you just brought it up too, Tim, uh, that Black Adam movie. Mm-hmm. It's like... Uh, that's been in production for forever. Right? Yeah. It's been talked uh, about forever. I know that, especially for, with the rock being involved. <laughs> right. uh, so gives you hope that this Green Lantern TV show will get off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> this hopefully won't take as long as that. <laughs> It'll take 13 years or 15 years or whatever. That's <laughs> <sighs> It's been hard being a Green Lantern fan, not having anything in the live action front for over a decade. <laughs> right. It's like everything, everything that you were promised with the whole DC film schedule. Yeah, I don't, remember, it should have been out last year. It should be on 4K Blu ray <laughs> right now, the Green Lantern Corps movie that was announced with that initial slate. <laughs> it should be on HBO Max right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh, man. Uh, didn't turn out that way. No, but the good uh, part is there's been plenty of other comic book superheroes, movie, and TV show I had to enjoy over this last decade. So I really can't complain. <laughs> over this last decade. I uh, like how you said that. Um, all right. So I guess, yeah, that's it for our show, right? Yep. That's See it. Anything else? All right, just go over to the BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com, slash BatmanUniverse, Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse, Tim's Twitter handles at TimG311. I'll say this one time, Tim. (laughs) It's always appreciated when you do. (laughs) My Twitter handle is at DaneSaysBatmanUniverse. Oh, sorry, the show's Twitter handle is at BatfansPodcast. Great and review us on iTunes. And you can uh, email the show at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. So with that, I can say at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our well-crafted and detailed stitched denim vest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle musical tour figure hearts. <laughs> <laughs> it's actual denim, Tim. It's actual denim. That's nothing to sneeze at you. That's impressive. <laughs> Oh, we'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody.